Sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, and now has he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, unblameable, unreprovable in his sight. You continue in the faith, grounded in seven. Be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you have heard, which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereby Paul had made a minister. Now rejoice in my sufferings for you. Fill up that which is behind for the afflictions of Christ and his flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. Whereof I made a minister according to the dispensation of God, is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord, for your hand upon us, Lord, that this is the hope that we have, that you are in us, living in us, dwelling in us, fulfilling your word through us. We ask it in your precious holy blessed name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Probably go into chapter two also, but you can be seated. But we have a lot of people who are alienated. On Sunday night, we've been doing a study of the book of Revelation. And uh, we've gone through the seven seals all the devastation and destruction that was caused through them. Seven angels we just got through, and uh, how much destruction, uh, similar to the plagues that, that God sent upon Egypt to let the people go. And the people that are affected by these actions, you would think would have some kind of reaction. Amen. You would think that they would say, well, maybe if I show a repentant, repentful heart, if I say to God, I'm sorry for the life that I've lived, if I look to him and sincerely repent of my evil ways, then maybe all this would stop, right? Maybe all of this would come to an end. Maybe all of this would, would uh, you know, we'd be able to go about our business and do whatever we 
would like to do. But never, ever, in any of those scriptures, did it say that any of the people that were affected by these horrendous acts ever repented. Ever repented. Ever said they were sorry. Ever went through the act of contrition. Never. Never. It's as if they're saying, bring it on. We can handle it. <laughs> but in the, in the song that I've seen, and uh, in, in the book of uh, Revelation chapter 6, it says that they cried for the rocks and the mountains to hide them. Mm -hmm. Though it wasn't that they were enjoying it at all, but they just weren't ready to say, Amen. I'm sorry. Some people, you probably encountered them in the world, are never ready to say that they're sorry, right? Mm -hmm. Never, ever ready. You know, sort of like the Fonz in, in Happy Days, and uh, he gave the wrong advice to Potsy, one of his, one of the, his uh, teens that he was kind of mentoring. And uh, so he wanted to tell him that, that he gave him the wrong advice, and that he should be doing something else instead. Though he was saying, I was, he could never get it out, you know? <laughs> Couldn't quite get it out that he was wrong. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of people like that. It's somebody else. Oh, it's, it's, it's my boss. It's, it's him. He's, he makes me do things that I, I shouldn't be doing, and I get upset and angry, and it's his fault. It's never their fault, right? It's always somebody else's fault. Always somebody else's fault. And uh, so that's how it is. Those, are, those people are going to be the only ones left, right? The church is going to be gone. Everybody's gone. And except for these people. And what are they going to do? Blame each other? <laughs> Obviously. That's all they can do. It's your fault. Get out of here. <laughs> Where am I going to go? I don't know. We'll go someplace. And uh, so those people then are not going to, to accept blame for anything. Even for the current situation, you know, the world is just being destroyed. Amen. Piece by piece, you know, brick by brick, <laughs> uh, mountain by mountain, stone by stone. It's being destroyed in front of them, in front of their very eyes. And what are they doing? Blaming each other. And that's it. And that's it. So that's how, that's a picture of what the world is like. Now, are, are we being fed by that same philosophy? No. No. How are we fed? By every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Amen. 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 That's what feeds us. Amen. Not somebody else who's to blame or somebody else who did it. Somebody else who messed up and because of them, I messed up. No. We 
feed on every word that proceeds out of yes, mouth. Yes, amen. That's what we. That's where. That's how we live. So for that, there's no excuses. There's no rhyme or reason for doing anything else except obeying what he says. Amen? Amen. Doesn't mean we're going to understand everything. When I was in the army, I didn't understand a lot of the orders that I was given. Uh, still don't. <laughs> but I did them. I did them. And so it's been since I've been with the Lord. It's been most of my life. And when since I've been doing that, there have been times when I didn't understand exactly the reason why he wanted me to do what he wanted me to do, but I did it. A servant's the same way. Servant doesn't know why his master is telling him to do whatever he's doing, but he does it, right? Amen. He does it. He does it. The worker, the same way. The worker looks to the, the person who hired him and says, okay, what do you want me to do? The, the person who hired him tells him what to do. And he doesn't say uh, why. He just does it, right? Mm -hmm. You're getting paid money, you know? So, Hop to it, do it, <laughs> and uh, mind you of the you know the, the the man who who hired all these people to work right for him. Yeah. Went out in the morning, got a whole bunch of people come on and work for me. He did. Went out again. He needed more people. Went out mid morning, got some more people come on and work for me. And then at noon, still needed more. When done, come on and work for me. All agreed on a certain price that they were going to receive, right? All of them. Same, same deal, same price. Middle of the afternoon, still needs more. Need the job isn't going like it should should go. So he needs more. So he went out, got some more, hired more. Finally, it was the end of the day. And it needed just a little bit more push, right? To get the job done. You know, you you everybody's working hard, everybody's doing everything they can do, but you know, it's like one more or two more hands, you know, to, to push it along. And so he went out and got some more. Then at the end of the day, all the workers came in to be paid, right? And uh, so he started handing out the pay. And uh, everything went well until the men who got hired in the middle of the afternoon and the last part of the afternoon, when he paid them, he paid them the same as he had paid everybody else. Now, the ones who had worked from early in the morning complained and they said here we have worked in the heat of the sun all day long don't you think we should get more than these people who worked an hour or so or even three 
And the master said, Dear friends, didn't you agree to work for this amount when you were hired? Well, yeah, but didn't you agree that that was to be your wage? Yes. And so all of you work for the same wage. Some may not have worked as long, but hard. All of you worked so that you might receive your wages. These are your wages. Go and be fruitful. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Until I see you again. <laughs> Until I need you again. So, you know, there's always going to be complainers, whiners. There's always going to be people who say, well, you know, I should have gotten more for that. I should have received more. I worked hard. I should have. But what did you agree to when you first started? Oh, I agreed to what I got. Then what's your complaint? Um, um, I guess I don't have any. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So he says, you were like that, alienated, enemies in your mind by wicked works, which you felt justified in doing, right? You felt this was, this, everybody else is doing this, so I should do it too. So, but that set you apart from God. That meant that you couldn't be friends with God. Because what you did and what God would want you to do, two different entirely different things, right? So he says, you now have been reconciled with God. That means you have been brought into right standing with God. You have been elevated from where you were in your lowest state. And you've been brought to the place where God can recognize you as his own. Amen? Amen? Amen. In the body of this flesh, through death, to present your holy, unblameable, unreprovable in his sight. So he died for a reason. He died for a purpose. Did he have to? Well, that's what he uh, that's what he agonized for in the garden, right? Before, do I have to? Do I? This is no. This is what he came to do. Amen. Amen. This is what he came to do. When you get right down to it, of course, it's a little bit easier to talk about it when it's a long way off. Not so much when it's the next morning, right? <laughs> or even during that night, it starts and then goes on through the morning and finally uh, the noon hour. So, but he did that. So you could be holy, unblameable, unreprovable in his And that's what the people who are going to be on earth 
in the last days. Enduring all of those tribulations, devastations, destruction, everything else that's going to be coming their way, what they didn't have. They weren't unreprovable, blameable, in the time. Because they had never had it. They were holy before God. So, they then, as we said, blamed themselves. Blamed each other. They said, this is a terrible thing that you got us into here. Why did you do it? And the other, other person would turn around to him and say, I didn't do it, you did it. He said, no, I didn't do it, you must have done it. So this goes on and on and on. And is totally unproductive, right? Accomplishes nothing. Accomplishes nothing. Because you can blame somebody else all you want to. Uh-huh. Right. But in the end, eventually you have to own up to what you have done and what you've cost. Amen. So We then, since we have been reconciled to God, continue in his faith, grounded and settled, not moved away from the hope of the gospel. Okay, continue in the faith, grounded and settled. You know, in... in Another part of this in verse 2 of chapter 7, it talks about being rooted and built up in Him. And you know that whether it's a, a tall, tall tree, small plant, whatever in between, all of them depend on the roots carrying water to them. To that, to that object, to that tree. Trees that die because their root system is no longer supplying the nutrients that they need to survive, and so they die. Plants are the same way. So everything you would say, life is in the roots. Life for them, for the plants, for the trees, and everything. Well, Roots have to be in Him. Amen? Can't be someplace else. Can't be in somebody else. We can't derive nourishment from somebody else. Has to be in the Lord Jesus Christ. Alright? That means... That when the world, you've seen what the world receives, right? What kind of nourishment the world receives? From bars, from outdoor concerts, from 
honky tonks, from clubs, from all these other sources, and from radio and television. They get all kinds of negative nourishment, right? Uh -huh. Negative nourishment. It's all about number one. Who's number one? The person is, right? Yeah. They consider that they're number one. The bottom line is how can I, you know, take care of myself? How can I do what I need to do to be better than I was yesterday? Okay. That's what feeds them. And that's why when something goes wrong, they blame each other, right? Uh -huh. And they're not getting enough nourishment, not getting enough negative input from the world, and so they have to blame somebody else. But our roots go directly to God. Right? Right? Yes. Right? Amen. So he provides us with food, nourishment that we need. And the reason we're different from everybody else is because our nourishment doesn't come from the same place. We don't rely on the world to help us, to give us nourishment, to give us ideas on how we should live our life. We get all of that directly from God. Amen. Amen. And so it's important. And we realize that. Because of that, there are, are times when we are going to be questioned. And people that we know, people in the street, anywhere, everywhere, might question us and say, ask us, why is it that you're different? And we gives us the opportunity to say, different, what do you mean different? Well, you are like a ray of sunshine in all of the darkness that I see when I go around. I get up one morning, go to work, work, go home, go to bed, get up and do the same thing the next day. All during the day, there's not anybody that has a good word to say about anything except you. Why is that? So it gives us an opportunity to say it is because we have within us a spark, a divine spark that was put there by the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And because of that spark, we look at everything differently. I look at you differently than maybe other people do. I look at others differently than other people do because I see in you hope. 
possibility of what God can do if you will allow him to. Amen. To which he might say, well, how do I do that? How do I allow him to? Well, have you ever gone to church? Have you ever uh, prayed a prayer? Uh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, prayed. Uh, the last funeral I went to, yeah, I prayed. Uh, that family was in pretty bad shape, so I prayed for them. Okay? And who are you praying to? You know God? Um, well, not really. Would you like to know it? Yeah. So that gives us an opportunity to say, okay, well, he wants to know you. In fact, he does know you. He created you. He knows you very well, better than you know yourself. But he wants to be able to talk to you. He wants to be able for you to share with him and him to share with you. He said, well, how can I do that? He said, first, would you like to? Yes. Yes, I'd like it. Well, then, why don't you pray with me? He said, okay. Thinking, doesn't have anything to lose, right? Prayer is okay. And uh, well, he prayed the sinner's prayer. He said, would you like to go to church with me? He said, yeah. Yeah. Can you be ready on Sunday morning? Uh, yeah. I even got a suit. Oh, yeah, I got one. He said, well, if it's okay if you want to wear it. The main thing is that you come. And so that started a process whereby the other man's eyes were open and he saw things that he had never, ever seen before. So every day is an opportunity for something like that to occur. We just have to be ready. We have to be ready. And our armor, our armor on, Ephesians 6, and uh, prepare, read the word, maybe listen to some gospel music, and then go about doing what God wants you to do. All right. So, you continue in the faith grounded in cell, verse 23 says, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you have heard, which was preached to every preacher, which is under heaven, where of all Paul, I call him, made a minister. Now rejoice in my suffering for you, and fill up that which is behind of me, afflictions of Christ in my flesh for him by the Savior. So, if, 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 if you continue, we could say when you continue in the faith, grounded in self, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel, then you can move forward with your life 
and do what God would have you to do. So, now we're going to move on to verse chapter 2. And he says, I would know that you know what great conflict I have for you, for them of the Laodicea, for as many as they have not seen my faith in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God, and of the Father, and of Christ. In whom? Christ. That is, are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In him. In him, in Christ. In Christ. Now, a lot of people, you probably know some, who think that the answer to everything in the world is knowledge. So they're going about getting knowledge. And of course, there are a lot of others that go for treasure. I was just watching an episode of a of a uh, of a uh, series on television, and it was talking about these people who harvested animals. In uh, the process of doing that, many lives were taken, including children, and they thought that as long as they got the treasure, everything was okay. They were justified in doing it. So treasure and knowledge are two things that people go after, right? Today, treasure and knowledge. Always going after treasure. If they can find some money, find something that, uh, they didn't know about before and it was going to make them richer then they're all for it. knowledge well they want to know more than they did sometimes they find out more than they bargained for right? but they're after it. knowledge and treasure this verse says that the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are found in Christ. Amen? In Him. So we're complete in Him. We don't, we don't have, need anything. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people, uh, some of you might remember Andre Crouch and the, the, the disciples and the, the music that he, that he uh, wrote. One of the songs that I really loved is called Satisfied. I am satisfied, 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 I'm satisfied. And uh, going on and on with that, with that one word, basically. And he was trying to say that in Christ we have everything that we need so we can be satisfied, right? Amen. How many people are unsatisfied, dissatisfied, and trying to find more than they have because they figure that if there is more out there, they're going to find it and they're not satisfied and happy with what they have, so they're going after more, right? And in Christ, we have everything that we need. Everything that we need. So we can be satisfied with that. 
not trying to go out there and look for something else that we hope would satisfy us. Some people are are into, you know, the, the reason why there's so many people that are trying to get more wealth and trying to to uh, get things that they don't have, a new car, a new house, this and that, and the other, because they're not satisfied, right, with what they have, so they want more. Wanting more plays right into the hands of who? The devil. He wants you to want more. He wants you to want more so that he can help you get it, right? Of course, there's a charge for himself, right? A charge for himself. He wants you to make room in your life for him, right? I can give you that. Uh, but there's uh, one little small thing I'd like for you to do for me in exchange. So, and if you do that one thing, then you'll be willing to do something else, right? Yeah. And it just continues on and on. And that, after that, you cross the line that you never wanted to cross, never intended to cross. Hope that you would never, but you did. Now, you are a servant of Satan. Amen. And as we heard Sunday, the Lord Joshua was saying to the people, Choose ye this day whom ye will serve. Amen. New Testament, we find out that you can't serve two masters. Amen. You'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll love the one and hate the other. You cannot serve two masters. If that's true, then we can't serve Satan and Jesus also. Amen. Right? So we have to make up our mind who we're going to serve. And when Satan comes, regardless of what his proposal is, what do we say? No. Amen. Amen? No. 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 Serve the Lord Jesus Christ. I will not serve any other. Amen. If he had known how to do that, we could have been spared a lot of trouble. <laughs> Amen. Right. Amen. If he had just known how to do that, we would have been spared a lot of trouble. She didn't. She was going by what she saw. What she heard sounded good. And so that's how the devil still gets disciples now. Amen. They are attracted 
to what they see. They're attracted to what they hear. And they don't know enough to know that even though there's some truth in what is being said, there's also a whole lot of lies also in that same thing. Amen. Amen? Amen. Whole lot of lies. Whole lot of falsehood mixed in with that little bit of truth. And so that's how he gets disciples. He gets people that that uh, maybe don't know the word that well, maybe haven't been to church that much, maybe don't, you know, listen to uh, services on television or anything like that. And so they don't really know that they're being deceived, misled, and, you know, generally <laughs> attracted to the other world. And so they go. That's true of the people that Jim Jones killed the True of David, the people that David Koresh uh, led to their death in a compound outside of Waco. Because it sounded good. It sounded good. Look good. But you can be deceived by what sounds good and looks good. And if it's true, and it is true, it's right here in the Word, that all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in Christ, then where do we have to go to get that? Where else do we have to go? Where else do we have to, what else do we have to do in order to find wisdom treasure? No place. We already have it. If you want more, then you have, you want more knowledge, you want more wisdom. What do you do? Ask the Father. Ask the Father. Ask Him. And He will provide what you need. In Him are all the riches and knowledge. So, He's got it all. You think He's hoarding it? I've got all this, but no, you know. No. Willingly, he wants to share with us. My uh, great-granddaughter, when she was just a little girl, year old, less than a year, came home to my house. And we uh, played together. The first time I'd seen her. They lived out in the country, and we hadn't been able to get out there. And so she came up, and uh, she was so happy to see Papa, she called And she hugged Papa, and eventually we ate. And so she kept shoving this uh, plate over to me and uh, had some food on it. So I kept pushing it back over to her. She kept pushing it back over to me. I kept pushing it back over to her. She says, Papa. I said, what? I'm sharing. <laughs> I'm sharing with you, Papa. Oh, 
okay, you know, you know how the how little girls are when they and they set they set the little dishes, the little little cups and saucers there in such a way. He says, "Okay, Papa, now you drink tea with me. I'm gonna drink with you, and you drink with me." Okay. So uh, that's sharing. And don't you think the one who invented that is the one who practices it also? Right. So God shares with us those wisdom, that riches and wisdom and knowledge. He shares that with us. I won't keep it to himself. He shares it with us. Amen. So that when we need something, we just ask. We just ask. And he who has everything will provide for us. And that's so important. Those people seemingly don't know that. So they want more. They want more. When you want more from the world, you're buying into the system. Amen. That feeds the world, right? Yeah. And that system, who's the, who's the ruler of the world? Yeah. Right. Yeah. The devil. So you're, you're playing right into what he wants you to do. Want more. You want more. You want more. So, this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. Are there a few out there who try to do that? Oh, yeah. I went to New York City for the first time when I was in the Army. And uh, every other person that came by had a con. You know what a con is, right? <laughs> something they wanted to sell me, something that they wanted to uh, do for me, uh, something that, you know, that I just had to have. You know, and they would make sure that I got it. Right? Oh, boy. Everybody. So, yes, there are people who will beguile you with enticing words. Yeah. You don't know any better. If you don't have any clue about what they're trying to do, then you could fall into their trap. Amen. I was stationed at Fort Dix, and so uh, this, this uh, gentleman said, "Well, I, I know the, I know your commanding officer at Fort Dix. I can I can be in touch. I'll get get a, put in a good word for you." Yeah, right, right, <laughs> right. If you'll just do this for me, then I'll do that for you. Right. So beguiling words. For though I'm absent in the flesh, I'm with you in the spirit, rejoicing, beholding your order, the steadfast of your faith in Christ. So, God is with us. When we, you know, give in to somebody with enticing words, he said, he said, he said, well, I guess he's going to have to learn a lesson. Uh -huh. And so you learn a lesson, but it's a painful lesson, right? Painful. Because it's a lesson that God doesn't want you to go through, but somehow you're determined to go through it, right? So he's not going to stop you. Your free will is in play. He's not going to stop you from exercising free will. So you do it. You get burned. They say, why did I do that? Because the person used 
beguiling, enticing words. And you've got to learn that all temptations are not the same. Some of them are a lot harder to say no to than others are. But in any and every way, you've got to resist. So, verse 8, chapter 2, As you have therefore received Christ the Lord, walk ye in him. Amen. Again, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Amen. With thanksgiving. Give thanks to God for everything. Just on Thanksgiving Day? <laughs> Every day. Amen. Every day. Amen. Every day. You know, I, I go through the day and I thank God because I ask God, well, I need this, I need that, I need something. He gives it, He provides it. I say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. May have been very small, simple, but I thank Him. And that's what he expects. He wants us to be thankful for everything. 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 Amen. Everything. In all things, give thanks. Because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Right? 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 So, thanksgiving is the key listening to Satan is not the key no. we have to say no to him all the time yeah. say yes to Jesus Amen. and whatever it is you know sometimes it's different for different people for a man it might it might be a beautiful woman or or in something that happens connected thereof for a woman, it might be uh, something that she knows she shouldn't have, regardless of whether it be food or anything else. It's always different. Always different. And, you know, he's had all of these centuries to perfect his craft. So he's pretty good at what he does, right? Amen. He's pretty good. He knows where your weaknesses are. Yeah. And he knows how to entice you. Just as he enticed Eve and later Adam. So, be thankful in all things. Rejoice evermore. Look to God. For all things. Turn your back. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.